0: with your amex card entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last make every tap music to your ears warning
1: this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical black buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco if you're an adult age 21 and older around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires like the highly consumer rated Bridgestone Weatherpeak. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash TireRack.com, the way tire buying
0: should be. The Volume.
1: The 3Now Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions, America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use safe and secure, you get your winnings fast I cannot recommend it enough love gambling with FanDuel if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now, sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you what is going on, everybody. John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. How we doing? People? A lot of you guys have been asking, firing in my DMs, tweeting at me. Where is the podcast, John? What are you doing? I need some football content. And to you, I said, uh, you know, I've been just detached from reality, like a football coach, like Shanahan, Andy, Belichick, McVay, you name it. We Once, once uh, OTA's in, we kind of detach. Now, They have training camp starts in late July. I have podcasts that need to happen when news breaks. And news broke. Several things happened. One I'd been waiting to put out on Friday, but because of the news that happened with Baker Mayfield, I said, you know what? We will grab the MacBook Pro, we will grab my microphone, and we will press record and we will speak words into a computer and put it out to the people today. Because... I got some things I need to get off my chest, Uh, partly because Baker Mayfield was traded in USC and UCLA were uh, not traded. They they actively left, Uh, which, you know, I'll dive into it in depth, but I'm probably one of the very few people that talk for a living in the sports uh, umbrella who truly care about the Pac-12, who it means a lot to. Because a lot of people, let's face it, that talk for a living, it feels like they're north, north from the Northeast, Northeast elites, as I call them. Maybe even the South, too. Uh, us West Coasters, like me, Coward, and Gottlieb, you know, care about West Coast sports. <laughs> I mean, we just do. Like Doug said, I, I'm like one of the only guys to talk about the Chargers for 10 years. Colin's been talking about Seattle Seahawks, right? I mean, before they were even popular. So US, he was on USC Trojans 15 years ago. And uh, the Pac-12 means a lot to me, but we'll dive into it all. But we gotta start with Baker Mayfield, who again at John Middlecoff is my Instagram. Fire in those DMs. We'll probably have a Middlecoff mailbag out this uh this weekend. So we'll we'll get back on the train, get back on the train. We got bills to pay, you know, can't be off for too long. Uh as well as uh Greg McElroy, former Alabama quarterback, national champion, actually drafted by the New York Jets once upon a time, uh will be on Monday. He'll talk to him last week. He'll uh, he'll come on. I never understand why people people are always like. How are we gonna tell people when the interview? Like I don't know. I'll just tell them we interviewed him two weeks ago. Who cares? People on radio always love acting like something's live when it's not live. Like that's, that's not really how I roll. We hang our hat. Like one thing I agree with Draymond Green. Authenticity. You know, people in the media have always loved lying to you. It's like yeah, I talked to Greg McElroy last week. We'll we'll play it in on Monday. You know, it's like not that complicated. Pretty easy. But I think the old school thought is like, pretend it's live. Well, it's not live. We talked to him two weeks ago. About seven things have happened since. So when you hear Greg McElroy, that was before the USC and UCLA Uh, defection. I mean, I, I think that could be considered that. But let's start with Baker Mayfield. A lot of different angles here. Let's just start with the Carolina Panthers acquiring Baker Mayfield for I think when I read a fifth round pick, and he, he took a $3 million pay cut. The Browns are eating $10 million of it. The Panthers are paying them like three and a half. On the most basic element of any business transaction, and the National Football League is a business, and they are acquiring players who are assets, who make money, who go under the salary cap. We all understand that. The profit is not made on what you sell something for. It's what you pay for it. It's why if you sold a house last year for a million dollars, You didn't, like, your profit wasn't in the million-dollar sale. It was, oh, you bought it in 2011 for $375,000. So you made $625,000 profit. You made that profit because of what you purchased it for, not what you sold it for. And I think a lot of people get that kind of convoluted in their head, that profits are made at the point of sale. Like, right now, we are in recession, depend on how you define it, whatever, economic chaos is ensuing, right? The stock market is in, I mean, I think it had the worst six months in like only other five times in American history. So you could say, well, in 10 years, there are going to be several of these stocks that have become 10 baggers, 20 baggers. People are going to be like, oh my God, I should have bought this. Well, you have the opportunity right now. And honestly, it could get worse. So don't be the guy complaining in five years. Because you can make the purchase on something right now for really cheap. Just a reality. And Baker Mayfield could have been had for nothing. And the entire league has been saying for a long period of time, they didn't think it was worth it. Now, like a lot of the stocks on the stock market, hell, I've been reinvesting a lot over the last six months as things have gone down. I'm going to lose some money. I'm okay with that. But I promise you this. I'm going to hit a couple 10 baggers. I-, I know that for a fact. At Minimum one. It's going to happen. And if you take enough swings, and I'll give the Carolina Panthers credit on this. They've traded for two guys in back-to-back years. Now, last year, they gave a second-round pick, partly because Darnold's value was higher. But he was the third pick in the draft. And now they're trading for a pick, the, for the, a guy that was picked number one overall. So the, what it took to get acquire these guys four years ago, you had to pay premiums for. Now we have information since. Sam Darnold has been a disaster. Now, you can blame it on the coaching. Baker Mayfield has actually had some positive moments, but clearly, I think we question, do his teammates like him? Does he get along with people? What's his deal, bro? But the reality is both these guys, once upon a time, were valued like a lot of money, if you put it into a just financial terms. They were worth a million dollars. Well, Sam Darnold last year was had for what? 700 grand? What did they just get Baker Mayfield for the equivalent if he was once a million dollar home? they got him for nothing. Now, unlike the home analogy, it's not that black and white because ultimately these people need to get along and it's going to be complicated. But I do understand taking a swing for a guy when you're paying nothing and letting two guys that were once valued very, very highly, one went to Oklahoma, dominated, the other went to USC, had their only bright moment of the last decade and dominated. And I was a big Sam Darnold fan. I might be wrong. I, I actually like Baker Mayfield a lot. I thought he was the next Drew Brees. Clearly I'm wrong, because part of Drew Brees was the guy. And I think we questioned did Baker Mayfield the guy? I, I don't. His own team does. His own front office does. Like, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. But the Carolina Panthers, let's face it, they're desperate. What's the famous saying is, if you have two quarterbacks, you actually have none? That is kind of where they're at. And I'll say right now, I think Matt Rule is much more likely to to be coaching at UCLA next year than he is the Carolina Panthers. So if that's the situation you're in, you're on somewhat of a quote-unquote sinking ship, you might as well take a swing. And there isn't any swings to really be had because ultimately they were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. They got lucky they didn't get into that thing. And ultimately their owner balked because he wasn't going to pay the money. So this is easily their next best option, him or Jimmy Garoppolo. Now I think the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is more expensive. There's way more money. Like They're paying $3 million for Baker Mayfield. Jimmy Garoppolo's salary is $27 million. So I don't think there's any way, form, or fashion they would be able to get Jimmy Garoppolo for $3 million. So if you look it through a vacuum of business sense, I I, I get it. Now, ultimately, is this going to work? I don't see how it's possible for it to work. Because it's one thing in college, and even in college, now these guys have the chance to transfer. You get two quarterbacks in the same room, one guy wins the job, the other guy immediately quits. He immediately leaves. And we can argue over whether it's right or wrong. It's just the reality of what happens now. When you don't win the job in college football, you immediately transfer. It's why some of these quarterbacks in like three or four years, we're going to have whole crops of guys that played on three teams. It used to happen way less because you had to sit out. Now they don't have to sit out. Now, ultimately, Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold, if they don't win the job, they're not just going to quit. They're going to be the backup. But... It's just neither one of these guys have ever been the backup before. They've both been immediate starters the moment they got in the league. And they both, you know, Baker Mayfield started for three years for Lincoln Riley. Sam Darnold started for several years at USC. They've been a starter their entire life. So are they equipped to just transition into that when in their mind, because they are still young, do they believe that they are backups? But like, what else do they have the risk? I mean, Matt Rule's job, he's probably going to get fired anyway. So this was his best option that wasn't going to cost that much money because they don't have that much money or draft picks to play with. And there's not anyone else to mess with besides Jimmy Garoppolo, who costs way more because his salary, even with Baker Mayfield taking a little bit of a pay cut, is still $10 million more at $27 million. So I I think the, the Browns, if they do strike oil, they will have struck it for very, very cheap. Now, again, with the housing analogy, both these guys' contracts are over because they're in their fifth-year options. So there are more variables here. But, like, what, what else were they supposed to do? I don't think Carolina is going to be very good. Uh, I would be shocked if this quarterback situation is very smooth. Now, these guys would technically know each other a little bit just because of the draft process. They were both in the combine at the same time. Uh, now, they're from different parts. You know, Baker grew up in Texas. Sam grew up in California. But... You know, I think both these guys have a shitload on the line. Their careers are on the line. Because whoever doesn't win the job, let's face it, is going to be just viewed as a backup quarterback moving forward. And whoever does win the job, if he's not good, the other guy will get a chance to play, and his career will be also viewed as a backup quarterback. So basically, the only way one of these two guys is not viewed as a backup quarterback moving forward is he has to win the job and then play well. Any other outcome is a disaster. For really both guys, because the other guy's on the bench. So it's just, you know, they they paid nothing. And I'm always for taking risks on assets when you don't pay much money. It's why, listen, right now, the housing market, things are coming back to earth. It's why people are like, why haven't you moved yet? Because I waited. Now, I'm not Nostradamus. I didn't know this was going to happen. But I had people mentoring me that said, listen, I've been in this business for a while. Things go up and things go down. And everyone's like, things will never come down again. It's like, pick up a history book. I mean, go go to Google. Things go up. Now, Are they going to crash like 08? No. But it's like, if I would have told you a year ago, stop buying stocks, save your money. You'd be like, are you crazy? Up, 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 up. Hell, I I bought into that. Look what happened. Down, 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 down. So I like buying things when they're down in general. Now, of course, to get elite players, you have to pay premiums. Like you're not, you know, you want to get Kevin Durant, you got to pay a lot of money. You know, you want to get Nick Bosa, you got to pay a lot of money. You want to trade for Khalil Mack, you got to pay a lot of money. But those guys are outliers. Most things go up and they go down. In the quarterback situation, when you're desperate, you got to think, I don't even know if this is thinking outside the box, but you got to do some risky shit because ultimately I would bet against this working. I do not see Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield being some like quarterback tandem. This isn't college football. That's not how it works. And ultimately I would bet on Matt Rule. This would be his last season in carolina. I mean I, I don't expect him to like be some long-term guy there. Now, we'll see. The NFC a little more open now, but yeah, I'll be I'll be shocked. It'll be very a lot of pressure on both these two guys to kind of get along and figure it out while competing. It's just a tough situation. The baseball season is here. This baseball season. Turn Ks into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up, place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. Here's what I like. Betting on the Los Angeles Dodgers and betting on the New York Yankees. Bet on the best teams, and you are more likely going to win money. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sports book. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code Colin to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770, STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan, one 877 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467-369, New York, Tennessee Redline 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming visit www.1000gambler.net, West Virginia.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you're hiring for your small
1: business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster, faster. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash j-o-h-n. That's linkedin.com slash j-o-h-n to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Conference realignment. There are so many angles to this. Uh, On the most basic level, I, I just ask the question. Because when you see the story and listen, I was shocked. Like I would say most people was like, what USC and UCLA are leaving before you even like factor in like, well, the TV money and the revenue sharing, all you see is the little kid in me. Cause again, this is sometimes why I needed to detach from sports. Cause I look through everything through the venue, uh, through the lens of money and how it impacts the business, how it impacts my business angles. I'm going to talk about it instead of just being like the little kid of like, damn, that's crazy. USC and UCLA are no longer going to play Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, Cal, Stanford. They're going to play Illinois, Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State. Like that's kind of crazy. And that was I think most people's first reaction before it's like, "Well, if you add the Fox revenue sharing and the 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 TV market, and again, that's ultimately where I go to, but on my first reaction, I'm sure like you was, "Holy shit. That's wild." Then, after I take a deep breath, it's something I've as I've gotten older, and this is—I've been listening to Coward for 20 years—and one of his big things back in his uh, back when he was becoming a star, you know, I was like, "Who's this Colin Coward guy?" He's got a lot of interesting takes. I remember like being like late in college because he was very smart, and he used to have this thing so say, "Take the emotion out of it." And as you get older, you have to do that. The number one advice I would give anyone starting a business, involved in their own business, as an employee for a business is the faster you can learn to take the emotion out of it, the faster you can kind of play this rig game that we're all in, in in the world of capitalism. Because when you get emotional, it's one thing to be emotional with your family. And even that sometimes you got to separate it. But in business, the faster you can take the emotion out of it, the faster you can get clarity and figure out what's going on. So after the initial sticker shock, which I'm not, I'm acknowledging that I had. I felt like a little kid. I was pissed off. It's like, they're leaving us. Why would they do this? The Trojans, screw you. UCLA, I used to love you. You can't leave this conference. Once I took a deep breath, you realize, does it really matter? Honestly, just say it out loud. Does it really matter? And I think the conclusion I've come to now, I'm recording this July 6th, whatever, we're a week removed, maybe a little less, I don't know if it really does. Because I used to think, when I worked in radio, we had the Raiders. And that was when the Raiders were trying to move to L.A., And L.A. and the league said, you're not going to be allowed to move here, you and Dean. Like, you know, Dean, you're going to have to go on Cronky's backside, but you're not coming here, Raiders. Find another home. And I'll give, well, Mark credit. Ultimately, Jerry Jones, the league helped set him up. But they got to Vegas. And I remember a lot of people around here, including myself, because, again, I had a bias. I had an agenda. I was in the business. I didn't want to lose them. I liked having two teams in my backyard. I was like, this is going to fail. This is going to work. He's screwing the people. Years later, the smartest thing they ever did it actually helped the franchise survive because they would not have survived around here and obviously they weren't allowed to go to L.A. And I was probably as loud and as big of a critic for the teams moving to L.A. as anybody because I've lived 35 of my 37 years in the state of California. I know the way our people think. I know the way West Coast people are wired. I've lived in the Northeast. I just know how different we are, even though I personally have some similarities. But for most of us, we're a lot different than out there. Now, we do love pro sports, but ultimately we love winners. And why the Rams have succeeded twofold. One, their venue is remarkable. Having gone to that thing, it is—it's might be the coolest stadium I've ever been to. And two, they won. And they've won big. Multiple Super Bowls. They've won a Super Bowl. They basically make the playoffs every year. Uh, they become a powerhouse. And when you become a powerhouse and you have an unreal venue you'll win in the West, you'll succeed in the West Coast. And they have immediately. So I got to take the L's. The Vegas thing has gone really well. If they get a new owner in there, that thing would be a rocket ship. And LA couldn't have gone any smoother. Now we can argue over the Chargers. I don't think, I think they should have stayed in San Diego, but Dean's too cheap. That's a whole nother can of worms. Bottom line, the Rams have succeeded and the Chargers succeeded enough. So it's worked. So I, I don't claim to always be right. But ultimately, it shows like most people, the average person that covers the NFL was like, this is stupid. Because at the time, it's like, why just leave them in St. Louis, leave them in San Diego, leave them in Oakland. But they made moves. Because in business, you have to be progressive. You you can't hold on to the things in the past. You have to think about the future. Ask Blockbuster. They They weren't forward thinking when Netflix asked if they could merge. They got wiped the you know what out. But they're not alone. That happens to a lot of companies the brick and mortar is anything more in have a bigger threat over the next 20 years than brick and mortar businesses we do all of our business on the internet it's why even as these internet stocks crumble the biggest difference in 2022 than when the big internet crash happened in 2020 the internet had never really existed to the common civilian in 2022 our life revolves around the internet so even as "quote unquote" things crash, it's never going to go away. And it's when it does, when the economy does come storming back. It's only going to come back stronger. All of our business is going to be based on the internet. That's where we. That's where our commerce goes, and will only go more moving forward. I tell people all the time, like my generation, I'm 37, and people younger than me, we're going to buy all of our cars on the internet. We're going to buy all of our homes on the internet. All the purchases that my parents would never in a million years have made on the internet, we're all we're going to do them all on the internet. That's not an opinion either. I think that's a borderline fact. It's it's inevitable. And I think change in sports, because so much money is on the line, is also inevitable. Now, that doesn't mean we can't go, this sucks. Because I think it does suck, but I think once you take a step back, once you take a deep breath, like Colin says, take the emotion out of it, you go, I I get it. Because ultimately, USC, and it's been talked about now, which ironically has sucked for a decade, but now they got Lincoln Riley, they're going to be good. And when they're good, they're a power. And they carry the conference. Like Utah is an unreal story. Kyle Whittingham is a badass. Their program produces people to the NFL. They just don't matter that much. Oregon, which is basically uh Oklahoma State, but even better because they have like they're in the middle of nowhere, but they have this guy named Phil Knight who has unlimited money because he runs, I guess he quote unquote doesn't anymore, but obviously has funded that program and taken them to high highs. Their value on the open market isn't that great. Again, that's not an opinion. We just saw the Big Ten. They valued UCLA more than Oregon, where you go, look at Oregon's football program just the last two decades. It's not even comparable to UCLA. But having UCLA around, now their basketball program is good. And in theory, if they were to get rid of Chip, who has no chance, Chip Kelly has zero chance to survive, excel, or win in the Big Ten. To me, the only move, and listen, they thought about firing him last year, but he won eight games in a shitty conference. Chip Kelly will not be the head coach when they go into the Big Ten. That is my prediction right now, July 6, 2022. Zero chance. He does not match up well against physical defenses. It makes no sense. Lincoln Riley, completely higher level, much more, I mean, he's just been winning more lately. Chip hasn't hasn't won, really, in the 2010s, until last year when the conference is really down. Now, here was a main problem with the Pac-12. This guy, I was listening to this interview, this guy named Chris Goderup. He is a star golfer at Oklahoma who just turned pro. And he played for, he actually started at Rutgers. He's from New Jersey, went to Oklahoma for a year, won basically the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy for golfers. Uh, it's like the Haskins Award, the Nicholas Award. He won all the awards. He would be the equivalent of like the number one overall pick. He's award winner, star player, you know, like Scotty Scheffler, Jordan Spieth, like that level guy going right to the pros. And I heard him on this interview talk about at Oklahoma when they flew to, you know, tournaments, most of their tournaments were in like the South and the Southwest. He said, we would take the private jet, as in the private jet that Lincoln Riley, Bob Stoops, and now Brett Venables takes for the football team. And they asked him, is that normal? And he said, well, from what I've been told is most of the SEC golf teams do the same. They fly on private jets to their tournaments. And Pac-12 always hung their hat on like, we are more into the entire athletic program. We're more into the, as much as football as the Olympic sports. Well, that was Larry Scott's big deal. Larry Scott was an Ivy League elite from Harvard who played tennis, loved the Olympic sports. And a lot of the presidents in the Pac-12 idolized that too. Because they're, they're into academia. They love a good whiteboard. A good supply, demand. This is how it works in a textbook. Well, it's not exactly how it works in reality. Because in reality, all the Olympic sports lose money. Not one of them make a penny. The football programs pay for everything. And the SEC put all their chips into the middle of the table on football. And they have dominated. Now, obviously, Nick Saban has led it. But... SEC programs the last how many years beside Alabama, Georgia national champion, LSU national champion, other programs are winning national championships. And because of that, the conference has financially gone to a completely different level. And now the basketball programs in the SEC are equivalent to the Big Ten and the Pac-12 because they have the money to pay for top coaches. Well, also the Olympic sports, Did you see the baseball, the College World Series? Who was there? A bunch of SEC programs. The SEC is going to dominate at all the Olympic sports. Why? They're going to have the most money to pay for the top coaches. They're going to have the most money to pay for the NIL guys to get the best water polo player, to get get the best golfer, to get the best baseball player. That is just a reality. And the Pac-12 was obsessed with putting volleyball games and softball games and soccer games on their network, when the SEC was obsessed with winning national championships in football. Because when they did that, everyone else benefited under the umbrella because without football, Title IX just celebrated their 50th anniversary in America. Do you know the first thing Title IX should have done is send a thank you letter to every football program in America? Because without the football programs, no one could finance any of this stuff. And I'm pro Title IX. Hell, I probably have three girls when I have kids. And and they, hell, might not even be athletes. But if they were, they would benefit if they play college sports from Title IX. But none of those sports, none of them, could financially exist without football. And the Pac-12 has never got that. Their presidents are consumed with academia. You can tell me, well, the Big Ten loves academia too. They clearly care a shitload more about sports. Because at Ohio State, at Michigan, at Michigan State, at Wisconsin, at Iowa, they would never operate like Cal. And I've lived in Northern California a large percentage of my life. My grandpa taught at Cal. I see the way Stanford operates. Stanford was a top five program, like basically the last year of Harbaugh and the first three or four years of David Shaw. Top five in the country in football. And they couldn't get 10,000 people to show up. Last year, in 2021, Cal played a game against Arizona, who was a winless football program. And they couldn't travel half their team because of COVID policies. Not by the university, but because of the city of Berkeley. And they lost the game. It was Arizona's only win of the season. That is what this conference is dealing with. And obviously, it's not all the commissioner's fault that some of the programs have slipped. But a reality is this conference, who I love, I grew up loving, and I used to be nostalgic about. Now I ultimately don't care. Because if you tell me USC's playing Wisconsin, I'm there. I end up watching more of US or more of the SEC than I do the Pac-12. It's better football. And ultimately, I watch what the consumer watches and I see the television ratings. People are not watching the Pac-12. So I have to care what you have to care about. And ultimately, the thing you have to learn in life is that the only person truly who cares about you professionally is you. And you should keep a very, very small circle. My circle in life is like my mom. My grandparents are all passed away. My dad's passed away. So it's basically my mom, my brother and his family. A small percentage of friends. I mean, if they needed, hey, John, I, I'm something happened. You got, I need $20,000. There'd be a handful of people I would, de- I, would vet, I guess you can't Venmo, the max $499 uh, for, you know, 5Gs. But however, I would get them the cash. And then there are two or three people that I'm in business with. Actually, just basically two. Colin Coward, Guy Haberman. Other than that, I'd be loyal to zero people. Absolutely zero if something that determined my future and my financial success. So I don't blame USC and UCLA for not giving a shit about Oregon, for not thinking twice about Arizona, for not worrying about Stanford, because you got to worry about yourself. Because they have been attached to those programs and they've been sinking them. Now, you could argue that UCLA's football program is underachieved for two decades. USC just had the worst 10-year stretch in the program history. That's true. But your value is based on, in your lowest moment, what are you still worth? And, and their lowest moment, now you could argue it's not quite their lowest moment because UCLA hit a home run hiring Mick Cronin, even though I, I read this article in the in the LA Times, that the UCLA athletic program, $100 million in debt. Their, their running budget, red figures, $100 million over the last three years. Think about that. I can't even imagine what Cal looks like. And USC, as a big-time disaster, they've been getting sued, but they got Mick Cronin and Lincoln Riley. And once UCLA gets the Big Ten money, they can hire a real big-time football coach. Chip Kelly used to be that. He no longer is. he Was that in 2009, and 2010? It's 2022. Times have changed. It's Lincoln Riley now. It's, hell, Ryan Day. You know, it's Saban, Kirby, Jimbo, like, it's, we're living in real times. So I, I think that ultimately the Pac-12, they're two biggest brands and they are the two biggest brands. You would say Stanford is close, but when I think of Stanford, and I would put Cal under this umbrella too, they are elite universities. You think about them like you would Harvard, Penn, or Princeton. The first thing when I say Stanford, you don't think John Elway. You think academics. It's an incredible school. All these schools that I'm talking about all denied me. I would have no chance to get into any of them. None of them, and that was 20 years ago. Let alone now, they wouldn't. They'd rip up my application because they rip up most people's application. Cal is the hardest public university to get into in the world. When I think of the top academic universities, again, I'm biased. I'm a West Coast guy. I would choose Stanford. I wouldn't even hesitate over all the Ivy League schools. But we're talking athletics here. And USC takes football very seriously. UCLA takes basketball very seriously. Those programs just don't. Ultimately, Oregon, they really care about sports. But the Big Ten doesn't value their national reach for whatever reason. To me, Washington, I see get thrown in a lot in just this conversation. Yeah, I think they're a little overvalued. This isn't 1994, I actually do think Washington, for the most part, their football program had a stretch of like four years with Chris Peterson, who they lucked into. Other than that, they have been a joke. An absolute clown show. I mean, the highlight was like Sark going 7-5 and five with some big recruits. In the 2000s, they were terrible. Washington State and Oregon State, listen, I, I enjoy both those two campuses, but ultimately they're irrelevant. And I just don't know if the Pac-12 really cares that much. I heard a rumor last night that the that Stanford would be cool with just going Olympic sports only, maybe doing some deal with the Ivy League and just kind of cutting football. Does Cal really like football that much? I don't know. They, Like I said, they didn't allow players to travel, not because they tested positive, but because they were in close contact. In the fall of 2021, the rest of the country was rocking and rolling, pedal to the metal. So it's like, do they really care? I don't know. I would say they don't. And ultimately, it feels like we're headed toward this NFL model of like two conferences. And it pisses a lot of people off because they're holding on to the past. Which, listen, when I was a kid, the Giants played the Atlanta Braves. They were in the same division. The 49ers were in the division of the Atlanta Falcons. This is when I was like a 10, ten years old in the mid-90s. Think about saying that out loud. Things change. And you know, eventually there is some sticker shock, the immediate change. And I'm not saying I love it because obviously rivalries had been broken. When I intern, I have a picture in my office right now of the game when uh, Todd Reesing, who was the quarterback for the Kansas football team, when Mark Mangino was their quarterback, played Missouri, whose quarterback was Chase Daniel. At the time, college game day came. The game was at Arrowhead. It was, I think they were third, fourth in the nation. Kansas-Missouri was a huge rivalry. Well, Missouri went to the SEC. That rivalry ended. Texas, Texas A&M rivalry didn't mean that much to me, but obviously that rivalry ended. But ultimately, a lot of these rivalries aren't ending. USC, UCLA is going to keep playing. Texas, Oklahoma, going to keep playing. If, if if people are like, what happens to the Apple Cup? Washington State and Washington can keep playing. Did it mean that much last year? No. <laughs> I mean, Washington, both Washington and Washington State fired their coaches in the middle of the season. What are, what are we talking about? So, When you value the wrong things and the Pac-12 did because they were obsessed with Olympic sports when the worst thing you could ever do for the Olympic sports was care too much about them. Care more about football and they will benefit. When you have something in your business that makes a lot of money double down, triple down, quadruple down. That's what the SEC did with football. And that's why they're running circles around everyone right now. The Pac-12 went the opposite because they hired an anti-football tennis player who drove this, who thought he was a visionary because they could run the network on their own. Hey, Larry, you don't have the fan. This isn't Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. Stanford fans won't even show up when they're third in the country. You think they're going to go out of their way to buy the Pac-12 network? You're an idiot. And you wanted to act like you're the smartest guy in the room just because you went to Harvard? Well, it turns out you were the dumbest guy in the room. And you got, you ruined the conference. Now, it's not totally his fault because ultimately you could say this was inevitable. And it might've been, it might ultimately have been inevitable because ultimately as things go on, I heard Coward say this the other day, we used to have 780, you know, major corporations in America. Now we have, you know, 3,500 things are consolidating. I say it all the time. I know people that run smaller businesses that are getting run by VC firms and then they all merge part, you know, part of this money game that we're living in. Cause as you get bigger, your expenses grow. So as your expenses grow, you have to make more money to afford to get bigger. This is like, you can talk about, academia loves talking about the whiteboard and the theories, and if this happens and this happens, then there's us in the real world. Well, it's like, well, now this used to cost, my rent used to cost $10,000 a month. They just raised it to $17,000 a month. My my, uh, payroll used to be $300,000. It's now $475,000. And this is, regardless, money's all relative, whatever your business is. And as things go up, you have to pivot. You have to figure out ways to pay for things. And as the UCLA athletic director said, If we didn't do this deal, which they just piggyback USC to go, we would have had to start cutting sports. We don't have the money. And I love, well, what about the endowments? Yeah, the endowments weren't set to play for the sports. It's not the way the business is set up for the colleges. But that's a fun thing that gets said on Twitter, which a bunch of people that have no clue what they're fucking talking about. So ultimately, money rules the day. It always has. And the biggest, bigger business you're in, it's only going to dictate. So, does it piss me off? That's a, probably the wrong word. Does it hurt my heart a little bit that the Pac-12 died the moment these two teams left? Because that's what happened. Yes. But ultimately, in three or four years, will it matter that much? I doubt it. Because I thought the Raiders going to Vegas. I thought the Rams coming to LA. I thought Texas A&M going to the SEC. I thought all this stuff was going to and it, None of it has. We just keep rocking and rolling. The games are on. They're fun. These programs have more money. Now, it's going to have ripple effects. Could Oregon State essentially become D1AA? You know, yeah. Could Stanford ultimately cut football in the next 10 years? For sure. Like all these things are on the table. But that's kind of the reality of life. Things the bigger businesses get, you turn into the haves and the haves nots That's why the cream rises to the top. And USC's brand is at football is dramatically bigger than everyone out West. And that includes Oregon, who's had an incredible 20-year run. But their value on the open market clearly wasn't the same. And you can say UCLA benefits geographically. Well, yeah, they're in LA. So sure they do. You know, I mean, sometimes you just benefit from being in a certain market. Now, I would argue that UCLA's brand is still pretty massive. It's still pretty big. And to me, they are underachieving at football. Now, are they willing to spend $8, 9000000 million on a football coach? Time will tell because to me, their only chance to to maintain, because Lincoln's going to go into that conference and he's going to win. Now, I don't know if he's going to win at all, but he's going to compete immediately. Because beside Ohio State, he can coach with any of these guys and he's going to be getting the talent. So the only people that are going to be able to recruit at his level there are Ohio State. So I, listen, it's crazy, uh, but this is only the beginning. I I don't think it's going to stop. Uh, And we are headed inevitably for basically NFC versus the AFC. Big Ten versus the the SEC. The SEC will add Miami, Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina. The Big Ten will add Notre Dame. Who knows? Do they add Oregon, Washington? It doesn't seem like they're in any rush to now. But in this day and age, you can never say never. So, you know, here's the other thing that kind of pisses me off too. It's like, Fox, ESPN, they're just doing the deals. You can't say that when you're also on the team side and being like, well, it's going to cost a lot of money to get our rights. Well, yeah, so if I'm Fox or I'm ESPN and I'm paying a shitload for the uh, SEC or I'm Fox paying a ton for the Big Ten, I go, listen, I have no problem giving you $800 million a year, $3 billion over however, you know, five years, whatever the terms of the deal are. But I'm going to need something on my end. I never understood when I worked in radio, we paid a premium for the rights for like the NFL team. And it's like, what are they even giving us? They don't give us the star quarterback. They don't give us the players when we want it. I see it in my own backyard with the radio station that owns the Golden State Warriors. They pay a ton for the rights to broadcast the Warriors. And they get nothing back in return. They don't get any players. They occasionally get the coach. And the ratings aren't that great because we don't consume basketball on the radio. We watch it. It's actually, it doesn't pencil. So if I'm going to give you a ton of money, how about... I'll give you some ideas, add USC and UCLA, and I'll give you even more. Or if I'm ESPN and I go to the Greg Sankey, I go, listen, we, we'll give you way more than CBS, and we'll even throw more on top of it if you get Texas and Oklahoma. Like, it's a win-win for everybody. I think Scott Van Pelt uh, tweeted it recently, like, you guys are just, you guys are doing all this. And he's like, no, this is an orgy. We're all in this together. Because if we benefit, they benefit, everyone benefits. So yeah, did Fox want USC and UCLA there? Of course. Does Ohio State and Michigan want them there? Once they realize they're gonna get more money, of course they do. So does everyone benefit that's involved in this transaction? Yes. Who doesn't benefit? The other teams in the Pac-12. Well, what's the reality? People don't want them. So you just you're only as valuable as the people that want you. And clearly USC and USC or UCLA and USC had people banging down the doors. Crazy story. Um Feels like it's only the beginning, but we'll have to see how this all plays out. Hopefully, everyone has a good week. We'll have a mailbag over the weekend. Adios.
0: The volume.
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash
0: ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars. Oh, and Two-Door Cinema Club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. It's up, it's up. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual.